Well, that's the same kind of mindset of when someone says like the nineties, how, how long do you feel like the nineties were? They were right there. Like it, it literally, it's just not 20, happened. it's not 20 plus years no. ago. No, no. Whenever you go into like the gas station and you see the little countdown clock for tobacco and even though now it is 21s. Yeah. Like the fact that you can be born in like 2001 and you're 21, it's, it's just too much. Slide mm-hmm. it. Well, what would the, yeah, the, the fact that. Slide. <laughs> is it, oh, it's a slide. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's handy. <laughs> they are nifty. I was going to say, that's, that's, I wonder how much product, product testing they had to go through to like come out with that being the. Adam has these mints that are like in a tin and you like slide it and it's got like a little cutout that only allows one to come out at a time. It's pretty handy. We found out that besides being good at podcasting, one of the hardest things about this is keeping your mouth dry while you're stoned and talking you constantly. Keep your mouth wet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just remembering <laughs> wet and dry. Sometimes that's a problem too. They're like, what is the biggest what's the biggest hurdle you run into in your in your podcasting? It's like keeping my mouth wet. You gotta keep that mouth wet. It's tough to keep my mouth wet, and it's tough to remember if I call it just wet or dry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one on one. So this is another historically high. I don't know what would you call that. Like we do one on ones, but when you have two two professors, is that just is that an academic debate? Yeah, I. Mean, Back in the day, you'd call it a duel, but neither one of us is going to shoot each other, so that's not as cool. Wow, these things really... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hmm. It's like witchcraft going on in my mouth right now. <laughs> that's strong. That's a strong flavor. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, so this one is going to be a one-on-one debate of the best 2000 to 2009 movies. So 2000s, I guess you would call it. Yeah, we'd call that the 2000s. We just had a lengthy debate about that. Um, so what categories do we have? Uh, we'll start off with action, then we'll go comedy, then we'll go horror, and then after horror we'll do another wild card just because there's a lot from that era. Like Those are just three genres there's a mm-hmm. shit ton of other stuff so. so do you when what was your mindset kind of thinking about this was it your favorite movies from okay so was it your favorite movies when you were in the early 2000s was it your favorite movie that was made during that time or is it what you considered the best representation of that time i went a lot with like there's just general popular picks for movies yes that came out in that time like I, I'm not going to tip picks, but there was... If it's not on yours, just tip it, because I probably didn't do it, because I kind of shied away from anything that was You went like, away from the chalk answers, too. I didn't go to, like, top 90s movies IMDb and just, like... Well, like... They got to be movies I legitimately like. Yeah. They're, they're my 90s picks, like, my favorite movies in that time frame. Yeah, it knocked up crazy popular. One of the... A very funny Seth Rogen movie. Yes. But... It's See, I do. Time. How do you how do you pick yours? Because when I'm like, because I have to go through, do have to go through a list to remind myself what got made in that time frame, and I'm seeing all these awesome movies, and I'm like, but what's the rewatchability of those movies? Like, if that movie's on TV, or I see that movie like on, you know, you know, on some streaming service, you can go and it's like on now. Yeah. Or 
or if I catch it on a streaming service, I'm like, I have to watch that now. That's kind of my like, that's my linchpin for it. It's got to be something where I look at it and be like, oh, it's on. I got to watch it. I have such a hard time with that, though, because like a an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minute commitment sometimes. Like if I'm to sit down and watch a movie, I want to sit down and watch it. I know. But how many of those movies like it's like one of those movies that you turn on. It's halfway through the movie and you're like, I know where I'm at. I know yeah. What's happening oh, yeah. At this point, I'll finish it out. There was a certain time back in the 90s and early 2000s where when there were no streaming services, kind of like we were talking about last night, there were no streaming services. Mm-hmm. And you had a, before like direct TV and everything got all hot in the streets, you would have a channel that you would have to go to and it would scroll down through the TV guide. Mm-hmm. And you would have to sit there and watch and see what, what channel was on, what show. You, you think that's dated? That they The channel TV guide came after the actual Shit got printed in the paper. This is going to sound. This is probably going to date me quite a bit. But oh, I do you I, remember when the newspaper came and it had the like, like they they had the actual TV guide. Yeah. But then also for local channels, the newspaper would come out and show you like the broadcasting for the week or something like that. I don't remember the newspaper. I do remember vividly going to my grandparents' house and seeing them both sitting in their like assigned chairs because that's the awesome part about being a grandparent is you get an assigned chair. Mm-hmm. And they're both they're different. Yep. 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 Grandpa had the massaging chair. Mm-hmm. Grandma you don't have just to had match the at that when you get to that age, there's no concern about like, well, that doesn't match the rest of it. It's like fuck it, comfort first. Yep. I'm almost I feel like I'm almost to that stage where I'm making a lot of decisions based on comfort. You got a lot of time left. I think there's a point where you know. I do, that I'm not just, worried about your finite time. But I'm already entering that stage where I'm willing to go ahead and You got dad's chair. Yeah. Yeah. I can I vividly remember them talking because my grandpa, huge country western guy, he'd always be looking at the guide. He'd be like, "Oh, gun smoke's on at seven. Okay, you have to look at the guide at that point. Hey, at well, that point, he had to have known gun smoke was beyond at seven. I think it was for like the different channels mm-hmm. because they had them everywhere. It was like kind of almost pre TV land when you could find all that old stuff. Do you remember walking into a? We talked about this, like walking into a video store, like a like a Hastings or something like that and being able to burn like an hour and a half. You could just easily. Yeah. You just first you walk around and see what new releases are. Maybe grab one. If the one you want wasn't there, you went back through all the old stuff and rented an old, an old classic, an old standby. Then you could walk through the video game section, see what new releases were there. Then they had all like the merchandise stuff. Yeah. They had the old action figures and all the Star Wars shit. They had, I think they had wrestling stuff, didn't they? Oh Yeah. Yeah, that was usually my, as a, a child child, like probably till 10 years old, my first trip into Hastings was directly back to where the wrestling pay-per-views mm-hmm. were because we couldn't buy them or didn't have the money at the time. And so I would know, you know, Royal Rumble comes out like three months afterwards mm-hmm. on tape. Let's go to Hastings. Let's get it and see it. And I already knew what happened. just wanted to see yeah. it. And if you were inclined, books. Yeah. They had comics and books. I bought quite a few books from Captain Underpants. Mm-hmm. I remember buying Captain Underpants at Hastings. And then you had the the older section, like with the pot leaf lights. And mm-hmm. You had uh, High Times that was back there that had the black cover over the top of it. Like they even used though to do it with was... like Playboys, and I'm sure they probably still do with porno mags. Do they still make porno mags? I think it's 
Yeah, because I know Playboy is still around, but, but I think they're it's, like editorials and clothes pictures now. Like it's not what it was. Like there's no. Yeah, penthouse. I still think you have your hustler, your penthouse. I mean, you know what I think it probably is too. Don't think of it like are they making money here? They're probably making a lot of money in places where internet's pretty spotty or there's no internet. <laughs> where that's all you got, you're just back. Yeah, to... you're back to back to just you know analog. <laughs> Just beating it analog style. It's life is so different now. I think we grew up in the right time, though. I think we had to earn a lot of our stuff. There's a lot of people now that don't know what a dial-up sounds like. There's a lot of lot of kids that don't know about porno mags in the woods and that box or bag that you found. Yep. Was yours? Was yours a box or a bag? Bag. Really? Yeah. And we actually kept it out there. And I remember. Um, one of my buddies stealing the gallon size Ziploc bags mm-hmm. so we could zip them up in there to make sure that they were all weather and then mm-hmm. shove them in a tree stump. Mine was in the jockey box of like an old <laughs> truck that didn't run anymore. <laughs> and you just go out to the truck and... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like an extensive collection. I think it might have been like two magazines, but That's yeah. all you needed. You'd have a memorized... And it wasn't easily accessible either. It was at a place where my dad's friend worked. So this was like, maybe we'd stop by there every three months. I never was lucky enough to find the bag of the box near my house. See, we made our own. And that's... Everyone just pooled their resources. Yeah. Everybody would either steal one from their dad or something like that, or you get one from an older brother, and then it would all just go in the cash pile. And I don't know. We could probably still go out there today. I don't know if somebody... That's socialism working. Yeah. I'm not saying it works for everything, but I'm saying right there, if you need an example of everyone pooling the resources <laughs> together for the betterment of everybody. It's you giving all your buddies a good time. Uh-huh. All right. So getting back to the task at hand here for this. So best 2000, 2009 movies, action, comedy, horror, wild card. You want to flip the old can? You call it this time. Uh, I want to go Tails. Tails never fails. Okay, you go first. Uh, so first category action. Um, I, and again, I just, I got to go my favorites training day. Training day was just, it was everything. And that's not even like, yeah, I don't know. Two thousands. I probably would have been. Give me your breakdown, your pitch on training day. Sell me on this. Like you learn for us, we learned about a culture that I'm sure was a little bit played up, but it's some a, people may not know what training day is. So you might have to give like a brief overview. I'm sure most people listening to this are probably aware of what training day is. And since the invention of the internet, yeah, people can I jump forgot. on, but I want to, I want to hear what you think training day is about. Cause this is your pick. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go deep on all these. I had a little bit of a panic mode where I thought that I chose something from outside of the window, but it was 2001. Okay. So. Wait, um, so, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah like I thought I had a little panic. because like, shit, was this 99? Mm. Was this mm-hmm. before that? Um, but basically it's Denzel Washington as like an older Southern California detective that ends up he's getting. A, he's a narc though. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well. He's kind of a dirty narco, okay. but he uh, is a detective that works, I believe it's in South Central LA, and gets white boy Ethan Hawke, fresh out of the academy. What's his name in that movie? Uh, 
What is he? He always talks about getting wet. Yeah, I always feel like I confuse. Hoyt. Hoyt. Right? Hoyle. Right? Hoyle? Hoyt? Uh, is it Jake? Bill? Jake Hoyt, maybe? Oh, okay. That actually does sound right. Yeah. I always e- confuse his name and then the names off that Street Kings movie, that Keanu Reeves one. Ethan Hawke. Wow. He's had... Oh, never mind. They were all the same movie. I was going to say he's had like six movies where he's got the same name. But fresh out of the academy, wanting to make a difference in the world, doesn't know where he is, gets tied up with Denzel and some some hijinks, some drug activities and other things to the point to where he... Oh, fuck, I did it. I already said to the point. That's my bad words. That's fine. I, it gets to where he figures out that the streets aren't exactly what he thought. He figured out that sometimes the cops that you work with aren't great. It's got some awesome action scenes. It's got just phenomenal one-liners. Denzel dropping King Kong ain't got shit mm-hmm. on me. It's just fantastic. Uh, he drugs him, gives him a little angel dust, ends up waking up. He goes and he plays with his little kid from his illegitimate family. They're sitting there playing video games and watching cartoons. His who is his side piece in that? Ava Mendez? Is it? No. I think it is. Is it? Uh yeah, it's got Snoop in it. It's got Dr. Dre. I mean, they, the cast of characters. Yeah, it's Ava Mendez. Okay. Just a, a full cast of characters that describes that area. Like I say, I'm sure that it was a little sensationalized, but I'm sure there's a lot of neighborhoods where it's not. Oh, yeah. Or that's probably fairly common. Yeah, that's uh, Antoine Fuqua's the one that I think directed that, isn't he? That was his big, like, I think that's one of his his tip of the cap, his feather in his cap. Yep. His training name, yeah. He just did, what did he just do? Oh, he just did that Terminalist thing on Amazon, I think. I've heard that that's decent. I haven't watched it all the way through yet, but I probably will at some point. Yeah, that, that's the kind of show because I, I read that I read that book actually. It's a good book if you're just looking for, like, it's cool. Like, if you don't go into it with any type of like trying to identify it with like a politicized angle and just like I'm going to sit here and I'm going to read an action movie. It's a really good, really good book, and it's really detailed. The way he goes into detail about like equipment and weapons, it's like it's almost OCD, but it's kind of it's kind of cool. But, yeah, he's a pretty good director. <clears throat> okay. So that's my training day pitch. What what action movie you got? I feel like I know where we're going here. What do you think I was going to pick? Uh, superhero. No. No? Mm-mm. Alfred's not involved? No. Um, really? Nope. I. That's the thing. Like, I, I had to go back on. You, you know movies are, like, my jam. So yeah. I really had to go. I figured we were going Dark Knight here. Mm-hmm. Nope. And here's the thing. It's not that I don't like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and everything like that. I think they're good. But as like a comic book fan, I think the... God, I'm going to get off on so many tangents talking about movies. The appeal, I think, of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies is that they're very like real... like As realistic as you could get with it. I'm sorry, but man, if I'm reading a comic, I want to see a guy taking on a room full of 12 dudes knowing full mm-hmm. karate. Like, I'm not saying that Zack Snyder's Batman was the best by any means, but I think like, or his movies and is what I'm trying to say, but I think his portrayal of Batman, kind of the duality between Bruce Wayne being like the playboy acting drunk, stuff like that. And then also that guy's Batman being able to take like a room full of like 12 dudes with automatic weapons down with like gadgets and karate batterings, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't, uh, the newer Batman's, he doesn't use a lot of devices. 
Are you talk, are you talking about like Ben Affleck Batman? Or are you talking like Robert Pattinson Batman? Uh, I haven't seen the Pattinson one yet. The Pattinson one is good. I actually really? think, and this is gonna the hot take. I think the Pattinson Batman, the Matt Reeves Robert Pattinson one, is probably the best Batman movie I've seen. Just I don't know if it's the way it's shot or, but like, and I was skeptical when he got that role, but it's like a good, like super, like gritty just like realistic he's a detective too that's the thing that's been missing out of so many movies is like he's a full-on like his nickname besides the dark knight is the world's greatest detective and in this he literally has like he's pouring over evidence he's studying he's obsessive about it i don't know there's just something i really like about it but anyway i think that that's why a lot of people that's why the dark knight and nolan's movies had such a wide appeal is because you were getting people that didn't have to be comic book fans because you were coming in, you were seeing almost a realistic, not superhero, but action movie. Yeah. In the town, definitely. I mean, Gotham in those movies was really kind of Gotham. It was, there was a dark air yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in the new watch, watch the new one. It's even more so than that. Okay. Um, but what I actually went with, and this is just based on rewatchability and, how I feel about these movies. I went with the Lord of the Rings and if I had to say, cause I think all three of them came out in that time frame, which for how long they were, it was wild. Well, what's crazy is they came. Oh no, no, they did. They came out back to back years because remember that was the first three movies, maybe even the first, first movie in a sequel. They f- filmed them all back to back. They just went right back into production. Yeah. That was one of the big things about it was, the studio that put them on, which I believe it was Miramax. It was like their last, they were investing enough money into this where if this didn't pan out, the like studio or something would end up going under, but they invested all the money for three movies to get filmed back to back. And so they were able to release them a year apart. So that's what was really cool about that. Um, Which is awesome because every time one of them comes out, it starts a clog for the new one. Now you don't know when the sequels are coming with them. Mm-hmm. So the release dates, yeah, for the three movies, 2001 to 2003, if I'm going for I have to pick a specific one, I'm going to go with Return of the King. Solid, I would Two say. Two Towers, Second, then Fellowship. They're all good. It's super yeah. hard to pick. But, I mean, I think people also forget that this was like – is close to like a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy world, just a complete geek out. Like if you've read any of like Tolkien stuff, like it is a hard read to like keep stuff square with all the names and the languages he developed. But like they were able to take like a fantasy movie and win the, you know, Academy Award for Best Picture. Um, the music in it is epic. This goes back to another one we another one-on-one we did where I like to listen to film score music. You listen to music from Lord of the Rings, that'll, you know, that'll just transport it puts you right back it in, puts the in the Shire, man. Yep. With the little hobbits smoking their little pipe weed and everything. But I mean, yeah, best director, best, you know, writing for an adapted screenplay. It was, it was kind of like the first fantasy into mainstream that I can mm-hmm. really think of that hit where you didn't have to read the books. You didn't have to like, a lot of people no, could let their nerd really side good. out if they liked it. I think it introduced a lot of people into like that kind of culture. Too. It did, and it was one of those 
movies that actually kind of lives up to the adaptation. Of course, you have to remove stuff because there's so many side stories and yeah. so much detail. But the way that they were able to not only take those books, but then also take each book individually and kind of they moved some stuff like from the second movie, they put it to the start of the third movie. But See, yeah, I'm, I'm I think going they with, set the bar too high because The Hobbit didn't live up to the first three. No, it, you couldn't. Yeah, it just didn't didn't kind of click the same way. See, and I still like those movies. Like, I'll still yeah. watch those ones, and I'll do like a little six movie marathon where I'll watch all three. But yeah, once you get into the Hobbit's almost from like a visual standpoint, the Hobbit is more fun to watch, and it's actually kind of more, I think, to a degree, like um, not kitty but it might be skewed toward a few years younger than the original Lord of yeah. the Rings audience, just because like some of the dwarves are kind of funny looking and they do like sticky, like humor type stuff that it's like the return of the Jedi introducing the Ewok thing. Mm-hmm. You're trying to like get, get a grab at some of those kids. Uh, well, I think it wouldn't have worked the other way around. Had they released the Hobbit first and then they went with the trilogy afterwards. I think the, tri- it, I think the Lord of the Rings would have suffered because of absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. nobody would have been in for the next three. Mm-hmm. They'd done the Hobbit first and kind of laid out the backstories and everything. Yeah. And then that new Amazon series that's going to come out. I want to say in September. Did you hear, have you heard about that? Uh, you told me about it. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. It's like a it. 10 parts called like the rings of power. So it takes place like a couple thousand years before the Lord of the rings. And it explains how like the rings were created and like Sauron came to power and like all the characters. So are we still going to get Elijah Wood and no. Sean Astin? It's, it's a couple no? thousand years. It's a couple thousand years before you get the elf characters, okay. but played by different actors, like younger people they found that were younger versions of them. Um, but that thing costs like I think they said it costs like fuck I'm gonna misquote this 250 million to make. That almost doesn't matter anymore because I know. when you have streaming rights now and Amazon can mm-hmm. play it all the time and you're gonna get viewers basically in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. You're gonna make that money back whether it's five years from now or whether it's two years from That's now. True. You're gonna make it back. That's true. All right, I'll try to keep it more succinct. Sorry for wasting <laughs> people's time, but I, I went with Lord of the Rings. All right, number two. Um, comedies. Was, did you have any honorable mentions on that? that you oh, just yeah. mentioned? What was the uh, Dark Knight? Okay. The Italian Job. I I absolutely love the Italian Job. You. Everyone has those guilty pleasure movies that people like that movie's dog shit, and they won't watch it again. But I can see where the appeal is. It's just like you can put it on and you don't have to think about it. Well, you get um, you mark your mark most death. Yeah, Charlie just pretty Theron, much anything. Edward Norton. Just hey, a, a bunch of people. A phenomenal cast. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like the the Mini Coopers racing around town after they through like the like sewers and stuff like yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Just the coolest action shit that happens. You get a little twist in the end, you deal with kind of a, a fake out love story with Edward Norton. Yeah, it just it's solid. Uh so I gotta be, I gotta shout out Iron Man. Yeah, absolutely. The the start of the MCU. Um yeah, ball, ballsy choice. For the acting selection for Robert Downey Jr. that turned out to be almost the most perfect piece of casting. Basically a no-brainer at this point. And then point. also taking a character like Iron Man that was kind of a B-list, almost C-list character for the mainstream Marvel fans. And, I mean, he was still up there, but he I'll say B-list. You could have started out chalk with something easier, though, more recognizable. Well, they already had Spider-Man, but you could have gone straight to Captain America. You could have gone straight to Hulk. Well, Hulk had already been done, I guess. So they were kind Not of well. 
they had two times to do it, and they still did it badly each time. All right, so comedy. I'll go first on this one. Okay. So let it be known that the 2000s to 2009, that period, was, I think, I'm willing to say that that might have been the golden age for comedy. Oh, yeah. Movies. That was super bad. That was any any of the early Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen type stuff. I love you, man. Um, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Just pretty, yeah, like uh, like I was talking about before. Like, like um, the Brat Pack knocked up. Yeah, they, just heavy hitters. Jason Segel after all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, you said forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Just they had such a group of characters that would show up. Uh, role models was role models Apatow, yeah. and then Apatow did Step Brothers. I don't know if it was Apatow that did that. I'm just saying in that time frame, oh, yeah. along oh, that yeah, same yeah. line, it, 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 it's a murderer's row of, of comedy movies. I want to um, say old school too, maybe yep. early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with Super Troopers. Yeah. That one was on my list. Was it? Yeah. I remember I didn't see Super Troopers until I want to say like three or four years because it never hit like big. It was always kind of like you nope. always had to hear you had to hear about it from someone and be like, "Have you seen Super Troopers?" Or you'd hear someone do like a meow. Yep. Or it, it, with Broken Lizard, it was I think Club Dread was before that. Nope. So I can tell you the Broken Lizard was because Club Dread after I got that? I got way into Broken Lizard movies. So it was Super Troopers. After Super Troopers was Club Dread. Solid movie. They're under. They're just like if you want to just sit back and you know what I haven't done. I haven't revisited those movies for a long time watching them stoned. Yeah. So I need to go ahead and do that just for research purposes. But you had Super Troopers. Then you had Club Dread, which, again, underrated. Bill Paxton is in that movie. Uh, Coconut Pete. He's playing like a weird ass, like (laughs) Jimmy. It's like a Jimmy Buffett. um, I don't know how, like a, yeah. I would say Jimmy Buffett's perfect. Yeah, a Jimmy Buffett character that has his own like vacation island. Um, all right, let's think. It was also, I think I saw Super Troopers after Club Dread, so I would have been just like you. Oh, I... really? Yeah. Okay, so I saw Super Troopers first, and then that's kind of what introduced me to it. So it was, their first movie was Puddle Cruiser, which is just like, it was super, super low budget, low one. Then Super Troopers, then Club Dread, Beer Fest. If you haven't seen Beer Fest. Great movie. Put it on. You won't even have to think about what you're seeing in front of you. It's mindless. It's hilarious. Um, Slam and Salmon. Great. Underrated food movie. <sighs> that one, that one I had a hard, a hard time on the rewatchability. I get the jokes oh, in it and everything great. like that. I just, I feel like it got too close. They were trying to do like a waiting thing. A little bit. Yeah. It kind of was in that same era. And then uh, Super Troopers too. But I think th- their best one is going to be Super Troopers. But God, like. You know, once you've watched that movie, it's like you're in a little club. Or back then it was. You were like in a little mm-hmm. club or if someone caught a joke you were saying from that, you were just like, oh, you know. And it was – I remember buying from my brother having the VCR tape mm-hmm. to the DVD and getting the DVD before streaming and just knowing like that was going to be a once-a-week watch probably. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the guy that was like the um, – at the very beginning, the Snozberries Taste Like Snozberries guy? Yeah. Okay, do you know who, I'm trying to think of her name, Christina Hendricks? She was the one from Mad Men that was really popular, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago. She's got really white skin, but huge boobs. 
And she was really popular for kind of like that. I'm trying to think of kind of what they would consider that look. You'll recognize her as soon as you see her. Oh, yeah. From, she, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a teacher in Fist Fight. Okay. The ginger? Yes. Yes. Okay. Hey. No, blonde hair. Okay. Red beard, blonde hair. I was going to say. Not a ginger. Okay. I was going to say, there's been some questionable, (laughs) questionable times where that was up for debate, but. Daywalker, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, so that guy and her were married. That golem looking dude pulled her? Oh my God. Goes out, hey, have a good personality and be funny. Yeah. Humor is absolutely Mm -hmm. a cheat code. All right, what'd you go for for best comedy? Um, I'm gonna have to go niche pick on this because we already mentioned Super Bad, pretty chalk for something that somebody will say. Role models also pretty something pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I have you seen How High? Method Man, Red Man. I've never said watched the entire movie. Okay, so uh, just to lay it out, Method Man and Red Man both don't know each other yet. They're in the hood. Red Man's trying to move out of his mom's house. Method Man wants to basically become a horticulturist and start making his own strains of weed, even though he's already got it going on in he's his apartment. He's got aspirations, okay. So they both go take um, their GED exams and their SATs, uh, show up. So Red, Red Man is wanting to go ahead and do this to be able to get a job to move out of his mom's house. Yeah, okay. and she's... The whole thing is just so funny. Just the little quips that they put in there. And they do these little fake ads for pork chops a chunky. So do they have TV. to go back to high school technically? No. They, they've they already graduated okay. and all that. But they still have to go get their SATs done mm-hmm. to make it into college. And before this happens, Method Man's best friend ends up saying that he's got a date tonight. And he tells him just this awful setup of if something happens on this date, I'll always be your buddy. Like if I die, if I fall out of a burning building, if I get hit by a truck, I'll always be there for you. Ends up, date goes bad, falls asleep, lights his fake weave dreads on fire from the blunt that he falls asleep watching TV, gets killed. Method Man takes his ashes, puts them in the um, fertilizer for his weed plant. Mm Mm-hmm. And his buddy's name's Ivory, so they call it the Ivory. And then every time they smoke the Ivory after that, Ivory shows up as a ghost and gives them all the answers to the test questions. Which is a very funny, just easy to digest purpose. I know you're... No, no, no. What I'm actually like... I Was I wiping my face like the Oh God? <laughs> yeah. So that's not what I was doing. I was actually wiping my face because like I... And I'm not even like bullshitting you. So like I thought this was like a very like... The way you're describing the premise, I don't know if you're describing it in a very, like, appealing way. But now I feel like, oh, there's a lot more to this movie than I initially gave it credit for. I thought it was just, like, they have to go back to high school to do something. And they just get into, you know, hijinks ensue of them doing just, like, stupid stone shit. But, no, this actually sounds like this is a plot. Yeah. Like, there was some thought to this plot where, like, the buddy dies, fertilize it, the weed, you smoke it, you see him, you get the answer. It's okay. It's a very don't, okay. So at this point, like, don't ruin it for me. Though. No, it's a very silly, fun movie though. Ivory gets in and it gets them into Harvard, 
And two brothers going from the hood to Harvard is just the greatest juxtaposition. Okay, so this isn't just them in high school. Okay, no, no this is them going. Okay, to no more. I'm yeah, gonna, you, you got to see it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. You've been telling me this for years, and I was just like, "This is uh, how this I, is a bullshit movie. I'm not gonna watch it." But you don't got to think a whole lot about it. There's certain jokes that they slip. I in just didn't think there was funny. a plot to it. And so now that I know that there's actually a plot to it, and there's something to follow along, I'll give it a try. Method Man and Red Man coming from the Wu Tang Clan to where they are today is like guys that have been in a lot of different movies and still made really great music. Mm-hmm. They've transcended what they were. They were kind of not the first. Like but, a like a Jared Leto. Except oh, for rap. Yeah, let's not talk Five Finger Death Punch sucks. Isn't that his band? No, his band is the something to Mars. Thirty seconds to Mars? Yeah. He has like a cult. I'm uh, he might, but I'm telling you right now, he has some like some banger music yeah there's okay. a few songs that are really good so i'm saying the fact that he and i mean they've sold a lot so they're a yeah. popular band the fact that he's a good actor and also a successful musician like that's kind of, i'm saying that is the equivalent for people okay. that might not know about method man and red man but yeah they started out with great music and then just became very funny actors and whenever you have guys like that in a movie, you automatically have a good soundtrack because they're able to go and provide music mm-hmm. for the soundtrack. Yeah, you got different hits on there. And it's a great stoner soundtrack also because mm-hmm. you have all the great music from all the great pot-smoking artists. All right. Um, you're, oh, you. You on horror. No, that was comedy. I know. I said I already went you win. I'm saying what's your pick on horror? Oh, oh, oh. I was going to say, we don't even have to do honorable mention on comedy concerning we listed off like all the greatest <laughs> comedies during that time frame. Uh, horror, this is just a straight favorite pick. The uh, remake when they did Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel. It was out in the middle of nowhere. It had a, a great plot in the beginning with the girl that they pick up. Like, are you a horror movie person? Not a giant horror movie person. Like I like the, the jump out and scares and something with a decent plot to it. Like the ring never really appealed to me. It just wasn't, okay. wasn't great. I was gonna say it has to be a pretty popular horror movie. I think for me to watch it, yeah. or I have to hear about it like through various means of like, Oh, this is kind of a movie on the, not a lot of people know about, it, but it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jessica I, Biel in that white tank top. I man, know running around the whole movie was just great. And everybody dies in a fun way. You get the the ones I, that crawl I, under your skin, yeah, like when he's I getting did. carried down the stairs, and you see his fingernails rip off. Like that's the shit where it's like, or the Ugh. one where he like, um, I'm trying to remember that because I maybe have only seen that movie one time. And I'm the kind of person like I'm watching a horror movie. I do kind of like if something gets me, like I'll look away. Yeah. But like him, like just grabbing the guy like through the collarbone with the meat hook, <laughs> and then like just dragging him, and then like just picking him up and hanging him. Cuts and, off his legs with the chainsaws, yeah. then drops him into salt on the mm-hmm. nubs. Oh, just torture upon torture. Yeah, and it's a relatively, I mean, that wasn't the, the true story. It's mm-hmm. based on Ed Gein, who was up north more, and he killed a few people and made some things out of them, but mm-hmm. he mostly would dig people up in the cemetery locally, and... The actual guy, I mean, they when they broke into his house, he had, like, the, the skin lampshades and shit like that. He had uh, chairs that were made of people. I mean, just very crazy true story that they adapted into a great horror film. Do you think that stuff all got destroyed? No. I, I think that it probably is somewhere in a weird museum. Because it's, 
it's kind of like we've talked about a lot in the different, like the bad stuff, the bad science experiments, like talking about the Nazis, they did terrible stuff mm-hmm. that we never would have done to come up with different things. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of something to like, it's terrible, disgusting art, but what do they it call is that? Still... It's like really macabre. Is it macabre yeah. the right word? I would say. No, no, that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it does like, cause you just think about like, maybe you wouldn't be like, Hey, that should be kept or something like that. But that's in an evidence room then somewhere. And at some point somebody's like, that'd be crazy to have like that at your house and like, mm-hmm. tell people about like, it just, you know, to make it. And, you know, at that point when that was happening, I doubt there was a foolproof system for making sure evidence stayed, you know, Oh yeah. But things could get lost. I'm guessing the there's time. a, some scanner lampshade or like a, can you imagine like you, you imagine like you're in this, at an estate sale for your grandpa and like they find this chair like back in a back room that you never knew about that was just covered in newspapers and they're like, oh, what's this? And it's got hair on the back of it and there's like an ear just randomly yeah. stitched on. <sighs> it's just so crazy the fact that this is actually like something real that happened. But yeah, it's uh, it just makes you shudder thinking about it. And like I say, it wasn't exactly based on Ed Gein, but they added enough, they pumped enough into it to... Uh, to make it good. And then the sheriff dad character that he'd like just died. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Is he the one that ends up coming to like save him at the end? No, he's the one that rounds everybody up. Oh, that's right. Why can I not think of his name? You wonder why people don't like traveling through middle America. It's because they make all these fucking movies. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, The Hills Have Eyes was another one that was on this list that I saw. Yeah. And that's just like, this is why people don't fucking trust road tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always gets directed to the, like, the murder house or the murder family. Yeah. Arlie Emery was the, the sheriff, the guy in full metal jacket. Oh, uh, Yeah. Just private pile. No, I can't do his voice. He was the guy that did like the voices of the. I'm gonna even take his back. You're gonna hear me throughout this whole thing of podcasting. My references are gonna go back sometimes to like children's movies. So he did the voice of all the army soldiers in Toy Story. Really? Yeah. Like the oh the main army guy like the yeah, sarge that like would he talk to? Yeah. But the full metal jacket guy did Toy yeah, Story. Yeah. So can you imagine oh being like not seeing that the first time as a kid, but seeing that as a parent taking your kid there and being like, Oh shit, that's the full, that's the full metal jacket guy. Like I can't believe they're having that guy voice of kids. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting to a generation that hasn't seen it yet. I'm sure when they see full metal jacket, like, why does that guy's voice sound so familiar? Oh God, toy story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Making that jump and being so shocked by that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I thought I had mine, but I might have to switch to my second choice. So I was going to say 30 Days of Night, Good but one. I think I'm going to have to go with Hostel. Yeah. Hostel's a solid. How, if no one, they've made probably like, what, like 12 sequels to that. It was one of those movies that like they were able to make on the cheap, the initial one. Mm-hmm. But then they could just continue making sequels because it was such an easy premise. Well, and the fir- first one was very good. The first one was very good because it was the first like, it was the first story that was like this. So basically two guys, Uh I want to say two guys, um, are traveling across like Eastern Europe or backpacking across Europe and they end up staying at this hostel and then through 
some means they meet two girls or something like that. They get drugged and taken to a club or they get taken to a club and drugged. I'm doing a horrible job of explaining this. Um, but then one of the guys or one of the girls goes missing that night and gets abducted. And long story short, basically in this location where all of the, where this hostel is in this town, there's this place called, it was the Hunter's Club or something like that. I can't remember what the name of the membership Hunts, club was. I want to say it was Huntsman, but it might be Hunter's. It's the Hunts. I think it's the Huntsman's Club. It's something like that. But anyway, coming to find out their friends get kidnapped. And what they're basically doing is people come from all around the world that are members of this club and they bid or get to pick these people that they just, these travelers that they pick and they get to basically torture kill them. So whatever means they want to do, they're provided with like rooms to do it and all the tools. And they basically just get to pay a ton of money and then torture and kill these people. And just like the actual depictions of it it was so like realistic yes that that's what actually just like terrified me about it like they drill through a guy's that he's sitting in a chair and they drill through his like not knee but like right above your knee where your thigh is with a fucking power drill and you see the meat just getting chunked up by the drill bit um one of the guys gets his fucking achilles sliced and then the guy like tries to get up to move and in that second the camera shows the shot of his achilles separating he falls down Um, a girl gets her fucking eye pulled out and then they have to fucking clip the eye off on the ocular. Like that I would never, like, I didn't have a lot of plans to backpack through Europe at that point. But what do you think that that movie alone did? I don't think it helped their business because there's hostels everywhere. I know what I'm saying is how badly or how many hostels do you think were, like little mom and pop places Most just of because of people get, got shut down or put out of business because they couldn't get people because it's so much fear. Like that's terrifying, man. Well, that, then it only takes one after the movie where something bad happens. Where mm-hmm. you say, well, maybe the movie was a little bit right mm-hmm. and nobody wants to stay at hostels. Which, it's a fucking terrifying movie. Yeah. It, it, the realistic, not the real, like maybe that is realistic. I don't know. I don't, I've been to Eastern Europe. I've heard some crazy shit about Eastern Europe. They party like, hard. That, you know, that could really happen. It was just close enough to maybe being something that could happen. Well, and then you see later, not spinoffs because it wasn't the same, but when you go to like The Purge, The Purge is mm-hmm. kind of the same idea of like rich or wealthier people being able to catch poorer citizens or people from a hostel like that yeah. and then torture and kill them. It, it, Most dangerous you know, it's game. fantastical and everything like that, but it like it's this fantastical play on what people feel are real fears and what that fear I think plays on is it's not so much the elite like hunting people down it's the power the bloodlust too yeah the power that they have knowing that like if it chose to go this way those would be the people that mm-hmm. stayed in in those positions uh, and that those kind of like power gives you that that bloodlust that desire to kill my desire to kill I don't know if that's supposed to be like bred into you or something i just have zero desire to kill yeah like it just it's not there hunting's not really my bag i i used to and i've talked to like um like my dad about this because that's i grew up hunting mm-hmm. so and this is gonna sound i don't know if this sounds stupid or not but so like i grew up hunting and i come from a family of where I think um, hunting talent probably skipped a generation. So my grandpa was like a very good hunter. And that sounds weird to <laughs> say like... that skipped? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
when I say a very good hunter, like he was a good shot and he knew where to be. So I'm not saying he like could stalk animals and read tracks or anything like that. He knew the area well enough where he hunted and he was a good shot. So Mm -hmm. he could always usually get something like yearly, even when he was old and we would go with him and we would have to take him to his spot, sit him down. Here you go. Here's some food. Here's your water. We'll be back to get you around late afternoon. And then he would be back there. He'd just be fine chilling. So, oh my God, I completely forgot where I was going with this. Oh, the hunting thing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, we never, he got, he would always usually get something and then like they would be gutting it and everything. And I was just like, yeah, that's not, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back over here doing it. And they did it so casually, which I get if you grew up doing that, mm-hmm. you see it as just like meat, which I can also see now. And I could probably help out doing that now with that mindset. I'd just rather not. Yeah. But w- we never got anything. Like as far as big game, like I bird hunted, I shot ducks and birds and stuff like that. I don't think. I never got a deer. I never got an elk. I liked being up there was my biggest thing. The, yeah, being out in the woods and doing that, the experience is great. Yes. Not necessarily the killing. So I kind of just got to the point where like now I'd rather go camping. But I remember one time we were out, and this is going to sound dumb, but we were out ground squirrel shooting. Oh, done it plenty of times. Yeah. Rock chucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were using twenty twos. I shot one, and I went up on it. And the thing was just sitting there with all of its gut, but it was like still alive and everything like that. And I just looked at it while I was doing that and I killed it. But just in that like 10 seconds, I don't know, it felt like a long time that I was watching it. I was just kind of like, do I need to be doing this? Yeah. Like, am I, am I getting enough enjoyment? Cause like that, I looked at that and I was like, I'm fucking depressed now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to get enough enjoyment continuing to do this. Mm-hmm. To offset if I come upon something like this, like if I were to go shoot an elk and I came up and the thing was struggling and I had to put it like, yeah, it's I'll eat it. If my dad, my dad's gotten a couple in the past, he can make a burger out of it, a steak out of it. It's delicious. I like it. I can view it as meat and everything like that, but I don't need to be part of once the the life is out of it. It seems to kind of fall into the meat category, like butchering something I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, skinning things I've done a few times, not my favorite, mm-hmm. but not bad. Um, I've always thought just to try to outdumb you, I've always felt like I have this weird, like kindred connection with bears mm-hmm. just cause they're kind of big and doofy and I'm kind of big and doofy. See, that's kind of a tricky thing though, too, because I think like anytime like you've seen, like, I think bears are a weird thing. We keep getting off on tangents, which yeah. is fine. But I think the thing with bears is, is people have such a, you're so inundated with bears as a kid, teddy bears and stuff, all these soft, plush, safe things. And then when you start seeing bears in cartoons, they're funny and everything like that. And then, you know, you see funny videos of bears in the trash and bears running away and trying to get in cars. But like, they're fucking terrifying and they will kill you straight up. Like uh, even a small black bear. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if that would happen to me, though. They're, I, ev- everything about them would be going toward killing you. Like, your hands and your feet, like, what what damage are you going to do physically none. to a bear? We're going to hang out. I'm going to hold my arms out, and we're going to hug. See, but you've also been to, like, bear world, where you're yes. able to, like, go to, like, a, what I'm saying is there's a misconception of, like, what bears, I think, actually are. I told you about my bear love there, didn't I? 
Yes, but like I'm talking about the about, one that I fed and the one that yes, I, I'm talking about bears in the wild. Anything in the wild will not look at you and be like, oh, hey, you've held one of my cousins before. I'm not. No, it will fucking kill you and it will fucking eat you and anyone with you. I got it. Maybe other people. I don't think it's me. Okay. If I, if you know I die this I way, hope then we never, you can I have hope the last we never laugh. have to find out but the truth of that. If I were to actually go hunt, I would say give me a buck knife and get me one-on-one with a deer and let's have it out. Like, let's make this as fair as we can. Because I... Don't, I I don't feel like you know what these animals, like even a deer, like some deer weigh like 120 pounds. Yeah, that's way smaller than I Yeah, but I'm telling you right now, are you talking about like a male or a female? Uh, It depends. I mean, how big is my knife? But it's just a fair fight at that point. Like a high-powered rifle from 100 yards away to ping an animal. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying that is fair or anything like that. What I'm saying, though, is that I think you're underestimating like an animal has just pure survival instinct and it doesn't have like... If it's going to be like fighting for its life, it's it's not concerned with anything else except probably killing you. I don't. But I'm not going to say you're not going to kill. The, I'm not going to say you're not going to kill this deer. What I'm saying is that you're going to like it's going to cost you to kill this deer. Good match. Okay. Good match. That meat's going to taste so. I'm kind of disappointed that this is never going to be able to be something we put to the test. Well, it's like our when we were talking about doing the boxing match with the orangutan. I still feel like if you strapped him gloves on and me gloves on, him and I could go a couple rounds. I don't believe that. Well, I guess we'll find out one day. The strength of primates (laughs) is the insanity, just the insane strength that they possess. They rip just shit off your body just for the fun of it. I'm a primate. I'm too. not going to get into this. Okay, we'll right. get into this at a different point. All right. So, me wild card or you wild card? Um, uh, honorable mention on wild card saw. Saw was great. Saw had a very little budget. It was that's some, another one of those horror movies where yeah. they yeah. It, it was mutilating, but it started out. Is this I a wild card? You was just no. This is just a horror. horror. Honorable okay. Honorable mention. Yeah, that that to me was a, a great low budget movie that they did. I think you have yeah, you have Wildcard first. Yep. Um I'm gonna go with the worldwide phenomenon of the boy wizard, Harry Potter. And I wanna say that they with the exception of maybe the last movie that got split into two. Weren't the last two split into two? Did weren't there nine of them? No, there were eight movies. Eight. So the only one that got split in was The Deathly Hallows. And right around The Goblet of Fire, I think it was the fourth one, was when I started to really check out a books. So I remember I didn't start reading the books until the the movies got advertised to start coming out, the oh. first one. And what was crazy is I was literally reading the first book and... On the way to the movies, I was about 10 by the time we went to go to the Big Edwards. Uh-huh. And um, I think I was like 15 or 20 pages away from the end of the first book, <laughs> parking and walking in to go see it. So, like, I knew what was going to happen because it was so fresh because I had been reading it. But literally that last, like, five minutes of movie, I was like, what's going to happen? You took the book into the no, car? No, 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 no. No, what I'm saying is that the book got left in the car. I'm 20 but pages. But you like were reading the book in the car going to the movie? Yes, I'd been reading it for That's like the awesome. last I'd been reading it for the last week. And I it was like down to the wire and I was trying to get through it and I was a fast reader, man, like as yeah. a kid. 20 pages. And so I was going into it with the end of it blind. I didn't know what was going to happen. And the end is a little bit different. Like the movies are a little mm-hmm. bit different from the books, but yeah, man, the 
the simple fact that like the movies, I want to say that they did get released with the exception of those two, all within the 2000s. And I think Harry Potter, the two-parter too, was like the Lord of the Rings. They did it one year on Christmas, and then the next one was the next year on Christmas. So, uh, yes, it was almost, it was, at, uh, so the first movie, 2001, then 2002, then 2004, then five, then seven, then nine, then the last two, the Deathly Hallows, were 10 and 11. I'm still counting them because most of them came out yeah. within that time frame, but it, yeah, cranking these things out every year. And then as the books started to get a little bit more mature and the content and everything. And bigger and bigger and bigger. Exactly. They started having them out two years. But not only just the books, but man, I still love those movies. It's hard. It's kind of tricky for me to watch like the first couple when they're really little kids because that's when their acting isn't as great. Isn't great. And you know that Hermione turns into something different. And she, I try not to think of it that way. She becomes a woman, so it's weird and... I love Emma Watson. Yeah. And I don't, you know what? And the other thing is, is I don't need to feel bad about saying that because I don't love Emma Watson like that in the (laughs) Harry Potter movies. Yeah. If you really think about it, isn't Emma Watson like 32? How old is Emma Watson? She's got to be right around us. Because seeing her at that age, I think I was seeing her at close to my age too. So she is, she's 32. So... At the time that I was seeing those movies, she was within a couple years of me. And as she started getting older, like in the last few movies and everything, she was at that point, she was like in her 20s. Yeah. So I, we're not here to judge anybody as no, long as it's reasonable. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Emma might be one of the most underrated hot actress names ever, right? You got Emma Watson, Emmy Ro- Emma Rosam. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma Stone's like very approachable girl next door. Like yeah, attractive. Yeah, she the her, super her, bad vibes. Yes, it's her personality I think that makes her the most attractive. Yeah, because in uh, Zombie Zombie Land. Yeah, Zombie Land. Mm-hmm. She's just yeah, like you say, very approachable, very fun. See, Emma Watson's like smart though too. So yeah. she's like smart hot. And Emma Roberts. Um, oh, that would have been a good wild card. Um, Emma Roberts in... Are you going to say Phantom of the Opera? It's kind of a funny story. Did you ever see that about the kid that gets depression and goes into the psych ward? Zach Galifianakis is in it. Mm, it's not It's not ringing a bell. It's... Who's the... Yeah, Keir Gilchrist is the, the number one guy, but he... He's in like a, a school. I, I guess we can do that as a wild card too, but maybe an honorable mention. He's in a, a school that puts a lot of pressure on him. He has a mental breakdown. He goes into a psych ward for a week and he meets um, Zach Galifianakis there, who's obviously an older guy mm-hmm. down on his luck, had a mental breakdown too, and is away from his wife and kids. And they just basically like go around this whole mental ward. And like have fun. They sneak into the gym and do all sorts of stuff. But it's like a really good feel good movie. Like it's okay to not be okay. Kind of a a vibe that I really enjoyed. See now I'm trying to figure out what what this thing is called. Huh? But you're gonna you're gonna honorable mention that? Like I haven't even heard of it. I, it was only it only did six point five million in the box office, and it was 2010, so it would have been out of the range. Okay. 
But I, I would say give it a watch. I think it's a very good redeeming movie. All right. So what is your, your wild card? Um, my wild card. I had two. Uh, I'm just going to go with the first one because it's great. Best in show. Oh. With Eugene Levy, yes, the Christopher Guest movies. Yep, it just, what do they call that? Like a mic, a mockumentary. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What's uh, the movie that like is the precursor to those? Like a Mighty Wind. Yep, a and Mighty then, Wind. Because uh-huh. um, that has some of the same characters from yeah, it, right? Mm-hmm. It's Eugene Levy and basically a lot of the same people that are in Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the mom's name. She was the mom from Home Alone. Uh. That's so crazy that like people that know characters now, like Eugene Levy, they're like, oh, this guy from Schitt's Creek or, oh, this lady from Schitt's Creek. And you're like, no, that's the mom from Home Alone. Well, and you say that and I immediately think Moira Rose. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, that's the dad from Catherine Pie. O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara, that's right. Yeah, she's cookie. You have Fred Willard in it, who's always funny. Mm-hmm. John Michael Higgins and Parker Posey, the two that do um, the commenters or the commentators yes. in... Uh, Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Elizabeth Banks and what's the guy from? He's the brother. In John the Michael bro- Higgins. Yes. Yep. They just the way that they do it. The fact that they go like behind the scenes at dog shows, mm-hmm. and you have Cletus who has the bloodhounds, and he just looks exactly like his dogs, mm-hmm. and how everybody is paired up to look exactly like their dogs. Eugene Levy can't go out and show the dog in the dog ring because he literally has two left feet. Mm-hmm. It's just so sneaky funny, and I don't know what it portrays from the dog world. But watching it, I would 100% believe that that could be exactly how, like, the dog show world goes. Yes, I would imagine that there's a very strange... Like, you know how obsessive people get about their dogs? Yeah, like it, if, it, breeding them, mm-hmm. feeling them up, getting them all groomed up. Like, can you imagine, like, I... This is going to sound, like, completely crazy, but this is all I see. Like, when dogs are getting groomed to go and they have to, like, take a shit. <laughs> like, how do they get, like... Can you imagine how obsessive if it's a long-haired dog about trying to catch the shit and not let it get in the fur. Like they have like fucking, uh, what do you call the things that girls put in their hair? The clip hair, the hinge clip things. You have clips and bobby pins that they're trying to pin back the asshole. (laughs) The hair around the butt. So just, yeah, (laughs) I just see obsessive shit like that. Yeah, and it has got, to be at least somewhat like that. Well, and especially because you're panicking, like you've prepared for this. This is something that's very. I think important. that there's some probably some truth to that because I think that those are the type of people that you know the Christopher Guest movies with Spinal Tap. I think there's some truth to the stuff in Spinal Tap. This too, is about, Spinal Tap, yeah. Yes. So I think that they probably did some research about like going to dog shows and kind of basing themselves off of certain people that they see are creating like a you know, an amalgamation of characters that they met into one character. I wouldn't be surprised if some of that stuff is very on the nose. And everybody always looked like their dogs. Mm-hmm. They always just had the same kind of mm-hmm. aura about them. Yeah, the matching colors, if they have bows, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very underrated, but a very funny movie. All right, man. What What was your wild... Oh, yeah, you already did yours, huh? I did Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. The wildest wild card of uh, them all. My other audible mention was probably my favorite Jack Black movie, Orange County. Yes. Orange County was very underrated, but mm-hmm. very good, too. I, we had a buddy named Sean, and for like the next five years, it was just Jack Black running out before he falls into the pool. He's like, Sean, Sean, Sean. Every time we'd lose him at Sean, a party. Sean, let me Or the like that, or the part where he's trying to explain about the fire. And he's like, yeah, she was like, 
I'm going to burn this mother down. And she said it was an electrical fire. It was an electrical fire. She just seen the <laughs> circuit breaker box like the freaking 4th of July. Where are your pants, John? Or Joe. He's like, what's your name? He's like, Joe. John, Joe John. Joe, Joe John. Johnston. <laughs> they have to go to the Stanford admissions guy mm-hmm. and he takes the Excedrin before and it was ecstasy. Yeah. He goes, why do you keep your ecstasy in the Excedrin? He's like, ee, it's same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Yeah, 2000s was solid. They, I, I feel like comedy probably was the strong suit there. 90s, I would say maybe action movies, which we'll get to do in the 90s because they had their own great things. Mm-hmm. I just figured 2000s, like the, the 2000 to 2009 is just such a great range for stuff. It really is. Yeah, it was right before, I think we, and we touched on this before, it was when you basically had to pour, studios had to pool all their money into their like big summer blockbuster movies because there was not a streaming option there wasn't there wasn't big not big money but like i guess big money or ratings in series like sopranos was probably i think around this time maybe a little Mm, bit earlier but that was kind of like that was a gamble by hbo to be like we're going to spend all this money on a series and then it panned out and then you had other stuff happen but not many people had hbo hbo was you had to pay for it yeah you were an extra service so you'd spend your money going to the movies, seeing Mm -hmm. these big things these blockbusters but yeah i I think I'm willing to say that this was probably the strongest decade for overall for movies. Good chance. Especially now. I mean, the seventies were also great. Eighties were pretty decent. Mm -hmm. When you you get into the blues brothers, Ghostbusters, just the amount of gold and content that was topped here. I think because this, yeah, this will be our generation's kind Mm -hmm. of golden age for comedy for sure. All right, man. Until next time. Later guys. Peace. All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much for making it through another episode and uh, sticking with us. If uh, you want to kind of follow up on the next upcoming episodes, get some teasers. Uh, Adam, can they get us on the Twitter? They can get us on the Twitter. Our Twitter handle is historically high. That's historically H-I. Nice. And uh, on the Instagram? Our Instagram is historically high pod. That's historically high P-O-D. And what happens if your social media inept? If you have any issues where you can't figure out social media, our email is historicallyhighpodcast at gmail.com. We set up a landline. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, you guys can go ahead and shoot us any question, comments, or even maybe suggestions for future episodes, something you guys want to hear. Yeah, high thoughts, questions, anything like that. We're always open. We'll always get back to you. Hell yeah, guys. See you on the next episode. Peace.